here in Revelation here, I find uh, in the letters, I find myself at this place where he's talking about walking uh, with him in white. Um, that's in uh, chapter 3. Uh, and he's talking to believers, so it's um, really serious when he would say, um, there's a few of you who have not defiled your garments, and they will walk with me in white, uh, because they are worthy. He that overcometh, he will be clothed in white raiment. And over here in the last of the letters, or the last one to the last church, he says, Come unto me and buy white raiment. And the word uh, white, I don't know, what's that? All the colors reflected, I guess, and black is like black and white are not colors. Black's the absence, I guess, of all colors. White's all of them. But, you know, he said um, that he would he would ride a white horse. I mean, you know, and uh, all the angels, they're seen wearing white clothes. And on the Mount of Transfiguration, his face was shining like the sun, but his clothes, they said, were white, white as snow. Or, no, it couldn't be any more so. And the word does mean, uh, it, it comes from a word that means light. So I guess it's the color of light. I, I don't know. But in the way of symbolic meaning and or I think literally, I mean, white, well, they saw him on the Mount of Trans. So it's true. But when he says, I'll give you a white stone here uh, previously in the letters, that's approval and standing uh, and and or opposite of disapproval with him. And that's really what it all comes down to is why these letters are full of warnings from him. And the scripture, especially what Paul wrote, and uh, there's warnings. And that's about not fully being able to have a full reward. I think John says, let us have a full, uh, what you have that would be expected of you that would be possible. And only God knows that. And in the parables that he gave of his servants, and to me it doesn't have anything to do with um, being lost or saved. They are his servants. But in all, as however he gives it, all the aspects he gives are as in there's one or more or some out of the whole that don't come through as nearly as much as, as they could have or not quite as much. They yield 30, 60, some 100-fold. And then one unfaithful servant, well, I was happened to be looking here, he received, he digged in the earth and hid it. After a long time, the Lord came and reckoned with his servants. And the one that received five had done something with it. And, and uh, I'll make you a ruler and two. And But then the one that received one came and said, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you didn't sow. And I was afraid and, and hid. Uh, so I said to him, you know, unfaithful servant, ungodly, in the way that it, it, he didn't sow to the spiritual heart that you didn't therefore use my money 
that he gave them his money. And in understanding those parables, I'm confident in my own self, that's what he's talking about. But And in those parables, he gave the ten virgins, and five of them wise, five were foolish. They all took their lamps, some took extra oil in their vessels, others only had the oil oil in their lamps. So while the bridegroom tarried, they slept. And and uh, at midnight, the bridegroom, like he says, I'll come unexpectedly, or I think also that it's true we meet the end of our life unexpectedly one way or another. We meet him uh, maybe in a not ex- expecting, but they all rose and trimmed their lamps and then five of them, the foolish said, give us of your oil because our lamps are going out and there's not enough. And uh, so anyway, that's the warning there. The unfaithful servant, the unwise uh, virgins that would be his bride or his marriage and were married to him. And they were even, I guess, in that way of looking, they were already married. There was just that time in between. But we are married to him. And that's what I should try to stress out uh, out, out first is that, like Paul said in Ephesians there, that we're married to him. And what is it about marriage? I mean, I guess still, I don't know, in the classic sense, the white wedding dress. And that's the wedding garment that the Lord talks about. And the marriage, basically, and the wedding feast is the marriage supper, the thousand years on the earth. And it is uh, extremely uh, important in so many ways. And there is the warning that, a person would not have as much to do with that or more or not or what as just like he said about it and here in these letters he brings it up here in this letter to Thyatira about I will if you overcome I will I will not only give you the tree of life or, or you know a white stone hidden manna make you a pillar in the temple but I'll uh, you'll rule in the kingdom uh, on the earth, authority over the nations of the earth, rule them with a rod of iron. And uh, I'll give you the morning star. And there, I guess that's ultimate kind of symbol of the day of the Lord, really, when you study it, begins with night, and it does anyway. They, the Jewish way, they, it began at Sunday, but sundown. But the, in the Lord's, in the time frame of the end times, the day of the Lord does begin when uh, he pours out, at least when he pours out his plagues upon the earth and kind of look at the whole thing of the tribulation time, the end there. But but at the end, especially, that's the day of the Lord when I believe after the tribulation, the testing, the, the killing of God's people, he at the sixth seal he does take out those that are left or and then the seventh seal is god's judgment and that begins the day of the lord that's the night of the day of the lord then the kingdom is more looked at i guess as the day so the morning star and it it's really something and but i still try to remind myself that what he says here what's the warning well it is that you don't you're there's only so many 
it's not for punishment. I don't know how to say it. There's only so many. Like you've got a hundred of the best soldiers in the world, top top of the line, hundred. But you only need fifty. So it doesn't matter how they work it out or do or try. That it's just it's not trying to be mean to them. It's just that's the requirement. And you take all believers, and when the earth is. The way I understand it, they're looking at it even in uh, the best of views. There's not that many people left upon the earth when it's all said and done. When he comes back at the end, the earth itself is on the verge of extinction because of the plagues that God has poured out upon it. You can read them and see, and and I don't think there's that many people left, but he does divide them and, call, you know, and keeps his own, and then the kingdom starts, and especially then I don't think. All I'm trying to say is, of all the believers there are, they couldn't all be rulers. It, so it's a, a, a sense of reality in everything God does, and it's, it's just the way it is. But it, that being the case, that's what they're all saying. Then work for that in the way of love. And there again, not in human works. And that's a whole uh, problem. And uh, I didn't want to go over, uh, uh, let's see, uh, everything more than one time but but the idea of white walking in white and paul talks about it and when he said we're married to him and he said i want to present you without spot or blemish and that spot or blemish is like the lord said darkness just unforgiveness towards one person that's all and it's not being perfect or any walking sinlessly it's in your heart willfully do you have unforgiveness and that's what he there's no doubt about it. He's in Ephesians there, read that, where he's a great mystery about Christ, and we're married to him. So what is the all-important thing in marriage? It's love. Love. Do you love each other? Can you trust each other? And and we, sure, we can trust him. We are members of his flesh and bones, and we've been joined to him in one flesh, one person, one, we're, we're he's, our spirit, and we're our own person, just like the Father and Son. That's what he said. That's how it is with us. And so that's a mystery. Well, it's still a mystery when it's with us, but it's still true. And if we think, well, I don't know how that can be true for me. Well, how is it true for the Father and Son? Like he said, we're two persons, but one spirit. All that he says I do, that's all I do. That's who I am. And so we have to look at ourselves in that way uh, with Christ. And he talks about having the mind of Christ. Um, and that is, look at that, you know, I'm probably that, that scripture, the, this mind being you, which is in him. Uh, he didn't, he was equal to God, but he didn't make a reputation of himself. He took on the form of a servant, like a man humbled himself and became obedient to the death of the cross. And that's what he's asking us to do and is die to the old nature of all things. That needs to be, it will be put out someday and is dead already in sin. But still, uh, his life, thats it was opposite, but it's the same principle that we do. Still, we die. And that's why Paul said the, the Galatians, 
I, I'm, I'm persuaded, surely you won't be otherwise minded than the mind of Christ. And I have confidence you, in you that you won't. But by faith <clears throat> in him, which works by love. And you were running well. Now what happened? And of course, that's the thing about Galatians is that they had been compromised by false teaching in that. No, it doesn't have to just be that way. It can be a little, there's a you know, another, well, no, that's that's the thing. There's only one road, one way, and you can't, it's like uh, a GPS. I, I kind of know how to use one out hiking. You're off one degree. Well, you, <laughs> you go very far at all, and you might as well be off 10 miles, and it might not be, you know, that far, but, but I mean, you go very far, and yeah, you're just like two railroad tracks. You, It's got to be right on the money. And, and he's saying that to us, to walk with me in white. And and real quick, the, the idea of there's a few that haven't defiled their garments, it has to mean when you look, put it all together is that um, it's not that no one ever sinned. It couldn't be. It would be impossible. No, no one ever didn't live up to what he was saying and all that because he's saying to this church, it strengthened the things you have left that are about ready to die. And uh, hear me. And because you have a few names that haven't defiled, it, it it's like in Hebrews and a couple of other places, he talks about turning back, turning away, giving up on this idea of, of, of loving him and just kind of figure on a ticket to heaven. And we do have that. We are. But we'll be unfaithful in the virgins there. Still, they're married to him. That's not the issue. And and he loves all of us and everything. But in the kingdom, for what that is, it will be a, a, a limited specific thing. And even in eternal kingdom, Peter says, be sure of your position there, because even in the way of positional awareness, that that's what you have for eternity. And on the earth, it's brought out in the way of those most mature are needed to rule the earth. And it won't be everybody, maybe almost, but not quite. I don't know. And that's up for a person to study and look at. But still, the truth remains, whatever that is, that's secondary primary is love the lord with all your heart and give up self in the way of unforgiveness and then like paul said i think in philippians he's i can't remember um, who he said it to but he said uh live by the rule of love and no unforgiveness and if in there's any way that you're otherwise minded it was using that phrase if you're otherwise minded he'll reveal that to you if there's any other if there's some way you're not really doing that he'll show you and but you have to want to so the way of being defiled is like he's saying and it is i didn't think so at first a few years ago when i woke up to this i thought but it is so hard sometimes to, to face that old nature and put it down and put it to death by faith and love him with your whole heart and give up your right to have any unforgiveness towards anybody for anything. And that almost sounded nonsensical to me before as a believer, but I knew day, deep down in my heart that, no, it's it's true. It is. It really is. Well, it really is, and that's what he's saying to them here. And all the multitudes, I was thinking Revelation here, wear uh, white robes and the seven angels wear 
or wear them. I mean, they, I, I don't know, it's spiritual things are the only reality. And I was talking about that. Somebody today is, we all say, well, it's pretty hard to understand. Well, when we look and see and somebody passes on or dies and every cell of their body is still there and everything they did and everything, well, yeah, but they went on. Well, they did. And no matter, most people look at it way, no matter what you believe, well, what do you got left there? Well, everything, every last speck, well, yeah, well, what went on? Oh, they went on everything they did. And all this. So that's the reality. And I have to make myself wake up and think, you know, there's no question about it. And we all prove that every time we say those kinds of things. So the spiritual world is reality. And this world here, so-called, is the least of reality. It really is. It's part of it, but it's the least of it. The spiritual part that he is that put this here john said i didn't see any of it anymore except him and all the creatures and their bodies and yeah that that's him in a way uh and that's uh, one of the most profound powerful moments that, that that i can even think of in scripture it always is when you come across it um well uh but the thing is to be married to him and and love him and walk with him in white and be able to be with him wherever he is even when that's ruling the earth <laughs> 